there is a about a hundred and seventy foot decline from the the cliff wall basically to propel back down into camp and about a hundred foot down it basically is a free fall where you're not touching the wall at all so you're just hanging there and the rope was a little too thin for what we were doing on that pitch and I literally had to hold on for my life and burn my hand as I was slowing myself all the way to the bottom. Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast, a weekly show focused on inspiring you to live your own great story. Each episode touches on universal themes ranging from crazy adventures to overcoming adversity, making a positive impact, changing your life's course, and more important lessons that will help inspire your journey. I'm Zach Horvath, founder of Live a Great Story, and since 2014, I've been on a mission of inspiring and connecting people through stories. What started with some spray-painted street art has now grown into a worldwide movement. We are all on our own journey. No matter where we came from, what language we speak, the color of our skin, or anything that seemingly makes us different, in the end, we are all just humans living our own story. And it's up to you to be the hero of your story, which inspires other people to do the same. This podcast is all about inspiring you and your journey. If you resonate with this episode, please share it with someone who needs some inspiration too. And if you want a reminder to keep living your own great story, head to liveagreatstory.com to buy some inspiring apparel or accessories and for more stories from people just like you. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Live a Great Story podcast. Excited to be hanging out with Jesse Engelkin today, the bearded traveler, as you can see with his epic beard. If you're watching, uh, I think it's been three years coming up on maybe four years of the beard not shaved. I think I saw that. So I uh, look forward to hearing more about that and all of the adventures that Jesse's been getting into. Definitely some super cool adventures all across the world and rafting and hiking and just lots of activities to inspire you to get out there and collect some adventures of your own. Jesse and I kind of met through Instagram and I think that we actually have a mutual friend. We'll, we'll jump into this in a second, uh, but our mutual acquaintance at this point, but um, excited to just kind of bring Jesse on and hear more about his story and a little bit about the Live a Great Story tattoo that he has as well. So welcome to the show, Jesse. Thanks for having me, Zach. Appreciate it. Well, cool, man. So give me a quick rundown. What's like the brief synopsis of your story? And uh, then we'll jump into the kind of the details and hear a little bit more about it. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Missouri, uh, north of Kansas City. And I uh, went to college there as well in my hometown, St. Joseph, Missouri, and played football in college. And kind of up till my graduation of college, I had a, a job lined up down here in Texas where me and a couple brothers were going to start a contracting company for oil and gas companies, basically, and uh, ran that for a few years, um, was a slave working away and, you know, got enough courage and and motivation from other people to to mainly kind of break away and, and do my own thing and you know really enjoy life instead of work it away so yeah that's kind of where i'm at now i'm in a good spot being able to kind of work and play whenever i want to now so it's it's 
a good life right now. That's cool, man. Well, tell me a little bit about the work and play. What does what does that combination look like? So right now, I have a different role in a uh, sister company that me and my brothers had started, and basically, I'm a property manager uh, for a lot of the properties that we own and the companies use and work out of. That I basically go around to those properties and clean up and maintain and build things for the guys that are working there, and having that flexibility to be able to do that and then kind of just break away for months, weeks at a time to go travel and do cool things, uh, you know, around the world or here in the States or, uh, go home back to Missouri and and work on the homestead with my mom and and just hang out up there. So it's, it's really flexible right now. Nice. Are you, so is your home base Missouri or still in Texas? Nomadic lifestyle, honestly, (laughs) a third of my years or well for the past kind of five years, my, my year's been broken up, but in a third of working in Texas, a third kind of staying in Missouri, and the third traveling. That's a good setup. You're right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess uh, the the first I th- I think the first time I like really saw you and like you made an impact on me was your I think it was a Grand Canyon rafting photo with live a great story flag flying and like the sheer cliffs and the the canyon uh river through it and it was a super cool photo and i think we started talking then and then that's actually the same photo i think or that same time was the tattoo that you now have so obviously the rafting experience and you've done quite a bit of that to share a little bit how'd you get into rafting so the grand canyon trip is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of people. Uh, I've been very fortunate and very lucky to be able to have gone down four times in a row. So that's been awesome. That's a 20 plus day trip with 16 strangers you've never met, uh, basically kind of surviving and, and living your own rules while you navigate 226 miles down the Colorado River inside of the Grand Canyon. It's, it's, uh, there's so many stories to even have on, on that itself. Um, what got me into it was a older brother who knew a, a girl that was on a trip and they had extra spots and they invited two more of my other brothers to come down on the trip with, with them. Like well. Actual brothers, like real blood. Bro- yeah. Shortest and youngest of five brothers. So yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I fell in love with it the first time that I went down and, and then got an opportunity to go back down again and again and again. And, and just, uh, having that opportunity was so cool because not very many people get to go down the Colorado river. You know, there's six to 7 million people that visit the grand Canyon at the rim. There's maybe 33,000 ish people that actually get to float the river itself per year. And then, you know, you can fraction off from that, how many people actually go do canyoneering off of, you know, hikes inside the Canyon itself, besides just wrapping the rivers, you know, or just doing regular hikes or stuff like that. So it's pretty cool opportunity to do so many different activities in one place that you're literally cut off from the world. I mean, you can have satellite service on a on a sat phone to help get help, but other than that, you're kind of there on your own. <laughs> Out there for real. <laughs> Absolutely. And you did it four times. Four times, four times. And so that Bro. picture you're talking about, that was my third time down. And every year I rafted, I would like to have a 
a flag for my boat, you know, as we're going down the river. And for my third year, the Living Great Story flag was the, the main flag flown on the ship for sure. Dude, that's so cool. I definitely, I'm sure you got more photos and, and some, some videos of that. So I want to for sure include all of this in the, and like lay it over this video and everything. So, um, yeah, man, the, the, I know that trip is really hard. You have to almost get a lottery or you have to get a, like seven, seven years last time I heard was, was the wait list for it. And exactly. it's like a really intense, application process so not only is you know a couple thousand people get to do it a year but like that like like tens of thousands of people are waiting to do it right so exactly. it's like this and then and then have done it four times um that's so cool what's uh like did you have any close calls with that like anything that <laughs> what happened <laughs> or what's My, one of the things that happened <laughs> so many stories so many stories uh the first year um, I had a, we were doing a canyoneering, uh, trip off of our, our main camp. We would basically hike up to a different sorts of, uh, slot canyons and then rappel down waterfalls or, or cliffs basically and everything. And we were at one campsite called President Harding and there is a, about 170 foot, uh, decline, uh, from the, the cliff wall basically to rappel back down into camp. And about a hundred foot down, it basically is a free fall where you're not touching the wall at all. So you're just hanging there. And the, the rope was a little too thin for what we were doing on that, on that pitch. And I burned, I literally had to hold on for my life and burn my hand as I was slowing myself all the way to the bottom. And that was, I, I ended up with like, secondary burns on my hands and everything so that was a very close call um the second year i i flipped my raft in like a class three rapid which isn't crazy big for the grand canyon but anything can get you at any moment you gotta be your head's on a swivel and everything and i just i got flipped <laughs> it happens to everybody but uh that itself is is very scary but i've got a cool video of being able to stay calm and get rescued from that. It was, it was a fun time. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I went rafting one time on, I think it's the Arkansas river in Colorado, uh, with my family. And the only time I've like really been like rafting, rafting, I think it was like a two or three night trip and it was one of the coolest things. And, uh, we, you know, you're, Obviously, like the rapids are really cool, but then just the guide, you know, sitting there with a guide all day and you're in, you know, you're not on your phone. No one's distracted. You're just talking for hours and then you pull up onto a beach and pitch a tin or whatever and hang out and cook out. And it's just such a, a great experience to be able to do that. And, uh, so especially, and that was only like a couple nights. So if you're doing this for, <laughs> I think you said 20 nights for, 20 plus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you get to really know your crew and, and the guests and everybody that's there. And do you, you, survive, do you keep in you touch with people and skills and luck basically? <laughs> yeah. You're just all sitting there talk, like getting to know each other, like the most intimate setting. You're just like on like a little, little circle basically you're, floating you're through forced, the, you're forced to, to make friends with people because I mean, you're, you're thrown into a situation where you are your, your brother's keeper almost like you have to trust that person. You have to look out for people. So it's, it's a quite a, a unique, unique time for sure. 
So you also looks like you went to Kilimanjaro at the beginning of the year or sometime this year? That was actually October of last year. That was a plan that COVID canceled. The very beginning of COVID um, was going to start with climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with a buddy, see, see the safari, Serengeti, and then hit Zanzibar on my way down to South Africa. From there, I was going to jump to Southeast Asia and land country hop from there. But COVID canceled all of it. It was, it was very depressing, but got to be able to do it October of last year and got to add a couple more people that I knew with us to the original buddy to, to do the hike and climb. So it was uh, very cool and it was a seven day hike and it was pretty intense at points, but very rewarding. I had a buddy that just went and he hosted like a kind of a, a trip with three guys, three or four guys and two, one guy couldn't make it. So he, uh, my friend actually didn't get to finish it all the way because I don't know the exact deal, but probably altitude or, or something along those lines. And so I know that, I mean, you're going from basically sea level all the way up, right. Or like pretty, pretty close. I think it's one of the, or it's a high, it's a high yeah, it's it's high elevation. You probably start at like 7,000 feet-ish already when you start at the hike to get up to 19-something. But it's a hike, but it's still a climb. <laughs> Dude, I, so I uh, that's cool that you mentioned Kenya and uh, Zanzibar because I'm actually gearing up to take off on a trip of my own. And Kenya and Tanzania and Zanzibar are most likely uh, going to be our Africa destinations. My girlfriend and I are, are leaving. And so we're going to hit the safaris for kind of that migration period. I think it's like September, October is one of the best yep. times to be there, which I think is what you were referencing around that yep. same time. Exactly. So uh, do you got any tips for, for, those, for those countries? Anything that you got to hit or besides... I, we're not going to be able to do Kilimanjaro. I don't. I don't think we'll we'll see. But um, it's not on the on the list right now. But definitely uh-huh. going to be in that area for about two months. For two months, so you got you got a pretty good amount of time. Uh, for me, I would recommend the longer safari uh, possible. Honestly, I did a four day and would easily have loved to have done you know five to six days for sure. Um, I'm a photographer, so seeing all the different animals and different backgrounds each like you could drive you could see you could see a picture and take a picture and drive three feet forward and see another picture like oh my god i gotta take another picture so yeah as many days on the safari like it's highly recommended i would would definitely do that nice that's good. Good intel. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like just at the at the beginning stages of figuring that out, and so I've been watching some videos and talking to people, and super excited about those trips and just to be in Africa and over kind of in I've, I've haven't spent time in East Africa or really any of Africa besides Morocco. So just seeing a totally different part of the world. And uh, yeah, we're going to be there for our goal. Um, we're actually taking off for a year. So my girlfriend and I are going to go travel for a year starting at the end of this year. And uh, we're going to be doing a month in each location. So we're like the goal is to drop in, stay put, you know, get a long-term Airbnb, 
get to know the culture, get to know the people, you know, have like a, a gym and a coffee shop and, you know, um, go do yoga classes, like in, you know, whatever in all of these different, def- different stops instead of like bouncing around. Like I've done the backpacker, like travel, travel, hostel, bounce, 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 check, check, check. And this was like, no, let's like slow it down. Let's kind of take our time and really get to like soak it in. I completely agree. I, uh, I hate traveling overseas and not having more than 14 days, two weeks in a country or in a spot. I definitely have that backpack mentality and stuff and have lived that life. But like you said, it's, it's, it's better to be able to slow down and, and, and get to experience the culture and, and, you know, people see people's routine over, you know, a couple of days of, you know, sitting at a coffee shop or wherever else you might go. It's pretty cool. Agreed. I'm excited for that trip. It's been, uh, I guess, a little bit about me kind of and Live a Great Story. So Live a Great Story started after I took a seven-month backpacking trip. So about a decade ago, I took off, bought a one-way ticket and traveled all around Europe for basically seven months and did the backpacking deal. I hit like 50 cities or something and like was like on the move. But through that, I was able to like, you know, stay at hostels and meet people and cook dinner next to strangers from all over the world. And so getting to talk to people from different cultures and backgrounds and just, you know, drinking some wine, chefing some food, walking on the back streets was uh, like listening to people's stories was how the kind of the seed of live a great story. And so I was journaling and writing and taking photos and creating content and stuff. And out of that experience, the live a great story phrase kind of came to me. So then I got back to Austin, spray painted it on a wall. People started taking photos of it. And that's kind of how live a great story started. Dude, that's an awesome story. When was that that you actually painted? Was that the Hope Gallery that you painted that on? Where, where did you do that at? No, the original one was underneath Mopac Bridge on the walking uh, yep. hike and bike trail. I yeah. got a picture of that too as well. Cool. Yeah, I'd yep. love to see that that photo. Yeah, I mean, if you, so, and that's cool that you know Hope. So Hope was um, probably a couple years later and Hope was the Hope Outdoor Gallery was really a, a huge part of Live a Great Story because that was kind of in the early days of Hope. And there was an awesome artist, um, Bob Wallace, uh, Daddy Otis is his name. And he just was really inspired. He's a dad, has like two kids, I think. And he was really inspired and just painted Live a Great Story. And really without asking permission or like, didn't, we didn't even, he just had seen it around town because there was, I was like wheat pasting and putting up a bunch of stuff at the time. And so he saw it, painted it and just kept painting it. So he all like over like four years or so probably has painted it 12 different times, but this was started back in the beginning days of hope. And so this is back when like he painted it and it stayed up for like months. The one of the first or second ones was there for so long because in the like later days of hope, you would paint up and it would be gone the next day. Like there were just, it was, it was such a high volume, but in the beginning. And so people still have photos from way back in the day. They're like, Oh, dude, live a great story. I was at hope in like 2016 and saw live a great story. And they're like scrolling back in their phone. They're like, dude, look at this. And it's just like, wow, it's like so crazy. And so that's awesome that you know, you know, it because of hope too. Oh yeah. I think it was, it was probably 2016 that I saw it. Uh, Hope, but I, I definitely remember seeing it underneath the bridge too. Well, that was definitely the first time, but it was the the second time at Hope is when it kind of like lit something in me for sure. So, what does Live a Great Story? What does it mean to you? Sheesh, man, um, a lot of things. Uh, 
I always like to refer, you know, life, uh, the book of life, right? So that in itself is a story where each chapter can be, for most people, it can be their birthday. You know, every year can be a different chapter, you know, and there can be different, different books in your life, you know, work related, pleasure related, you know, family relationships, stuff like that. It can all be different or it can all be in the same, same book itself and just have different chapters. But what for me it does is it makes me want to have a story to be able to tell people when I'm old and gray and stuff like that. And I've lived a life that people don't know about that I want to be able to share it with, you know, I'm writing a story every day to be able to have something to look back on, you know, when I'm, when I'm old and gray, I can't move around and stuff like that, that will lift my spirit because I was living a great story and it's something cool that people can all relate to. <laughs> That's definitely relatable because when I first spray painted Live a Great Story before it was even like a circle and the the original Live a Great Story was uh, just red spray paint on a wall underneath the bridge and uh, I just spray painted Live a Great Story but the same night that I did that I spray painted two more th- uh, like murals or street art graffiti whatever and uh, one of them said if your life was a book would anybody read it and the second one was do you have campfire stories and the campfire stories idea was you know, when I'm whatever, 85, sitting around with my grand, great grandkids or, you know, 105, sitting around with my great, great grandkids, it's like, I want to have a bunch of stories to tell them. And, and I don't want to be sitting there, uh, you know, boring with regret or, you know, <laughs> nothing exciting. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to live, a, I'm going to live the most stories and collect as many experiences as I can, try as much stuff, put myself in as many new situations and experiences so that, I just have all of this ammo and, you know, all of this, this, uh, this life experience to share because I think that stories are the best way to connect and to like make a, uh, make an impact. Cause you can tell somebody something. You can be like, Hey, you know, don't do this or, you know, this is bad or, you know, you, this is how you should live. But if you can tell someone a story about an experience that is relatable to that, it's like, that's how you, you know, those are, that's why parables and, and, you know, stories are the, they go back to the beginning of time because people, you know, the cavemen were telling stories about how not to get eaten or like what berries not to eat or, you know, like <laughs> sleep in this rock, don't sleep in this like poisonous area over here or whatever. So stories are like the core of, of how we can transfer knowledge and experience to people. And if you don't have a bunch of stories to tell, then you're not going to be able to really like convey your experiences and pass on that wisdom to the next generation. For sure. I, uh, with being a photographer, you know, taking a picture and having it be a thousand words, have it say a thousand words, you know, for me to take a picture, I want to be able to have a story in that picture. So it just tells and pulls that person into, you know, it's something I, I look at every day because, you know, one of my, my superhuman powers would, would be to have like camera ability with my eyes. Like I could just like, blink and I could take a picture, I could save that snap, you know, of exactly what it was, that moment it happened and stuff without having to recreate it or something and and have it not be genuine, you know. So that would be something really cool because you could capture so many stories that way. (laughs) Dude, that's an interesting idea. Uh, Yeah, you know, it's like, I I also like shoot a bunch of photos and I shoot more videos. Um, I'm more of like a 
video content creator. So, you know, capturing an experience and it, it actually is really hard, right? And, and then I'm picky about it too. So my girlfriend's like, can't you just ask this person to take a photo of us? And I'm like, they're going to take a horrible photo. Like they're going to chop off my feet. You know, they're going to leave like 50 feet of headroom. They're going to like put us on. Yeah, yeah. No rule of thirds, no composition at all. You know, and, and they're going to take a million of the same shot. They're not going to hit you with the wide or the, the portrait mode. So it's, it's always like, but to have that and to be able to like, like look at something and like be like, all right, this is like my tele photo lens like with the blurred background and like see this shot and just nail it inside of your vision like that'd be a pretty sick superpower yeah exactly (laughs) it's close close behind teleportation for sure that would be yeah i'd probably want to fly flying i think would be cool too like and that's half half teleporting i don't know i think i just look at birds i'm just like man how cool would it be to like <laughs> just soar? That'd <laughs> be so cool. I'm sure you got. Yeah, I'm sure you got a drone, don't you? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yep. I'm actually considering getting another one. Uh, the new Mini Three Pro is like a super sick one. I just have the Mini with a long camera, like along the theme of cameras. It's like you know, you have gear, but you got to lug the gear around, right? So then you have this camera you have like a couple lenses or you gotta have a charger then you gotta have you know like a hard drive to back it all up and it just racks up all the space where's my snacks gonna go like how am i supposed to carry my snacks like where (laughs) i have all this camera i have a camera bag where's my snacks going yeah what's the priority here right you gotta like make you gotta drop something (laughs) so what do you have coming up man what's what's on the horizon for you i am going to arizona on the 12th, I have, uh, so I've been doing a bunch of Spartan races this year, got back into obstacle course racing, uh, took a couple years off with COVID and everything, but, um, the Spartan races is, do you know anything about the Spartan races? Yeah. Okay. So I've been doing 12 races of those this year. And then on the 12th, I'm going to Arizona to do three more races in the weekend of the 19th. But, uh, We'll be there for a week and a week after the races that a buddy that I met in the Grand Canyon lives there that I'm going to be staying with him and we're going to go hiking and adventuring around uh, outside of the races. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I saw some of the photos of you doing the Spartan races. Having done 12 is a pretty, ins- like, that's that's a serious accomplishment for, I mean, I, we're like, that's more than one a month. <laughs> I appreciate it, but it's nothing compared to some of the people in that community. They, they have done so many rate, so many more races than I could even dream of doing in a year. Like there's one guy I've met, uh, Andrew, he's, he did 23 trifectas in, in a year or something a little over. So that's like over a hundred races in a year's time. This guy was an animal. <laughs> For real. That's insane. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's a very cool thing to be looking forward to. Yeah. Definitely going to uh, to Canada, um, Banff area, uh, early February, and do some snowboarding. I'm a big snowboarder as well. Definitely hit up Colorado after that. So that's kind of all I've got really got set for right now as far as uh, adventures coming up. Very cool. I definitely Banff is is a big one, and and really that whole region, the, that mountain region is is incredible. So I have yet to make it up there, but. Every time I see 
photos or, you know, my friends go or something. I'm just like, that place looks amazing and can't go wrong being in the mountains. No, Canadian Rockies are, are pretty sweet. <laughs> so Mike from the Wandering Bus. Yeah. Dude, I'm literally getting on a call with him right after this. Dude, he it's so crazy how we met him on the, the hike up Mount Kilimanjaro. He was the only person in his group that could speak English. So he was kind of an outsider inside of his group. And we just met up on the first day of our hiking. Our, our, we had two different companies, but we started the same day and started from the same gate. And we met him halfway up and we kind of clicked with our group because we were all English speakers and stuff like that. And we would just see him every other day or whatever and, and just hang out and talk with him and get to know him and get to see him at the very top of Mount Kilimanjaro too. It was pretty cool because he started a little later than us, but he made it up there. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, I was looking at your photos on social and just kind of clicking around. And then I saw him comment on one of the photos and I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, what are the chances that like y'all know each other and then like literally... I'm getting on a call with him in like an hour, right? Like, like Dude, out of all the people, like that's wild. Tell him, hey, for me, I'll hit him up afterwards. <laughs> he was a cool dude. It was there was a running joke between our our uh, our group and him, though, because we were in our tent one night. <laughs> this is so funny. We were in our tent one night, just kind of shooting the shit and making up crazy questions and everything. And uh, one person was like, "Well, he." Who in the group would we sacrifice if we had to absolutely do it, you know, to, to survive for everybody else? Who would we eat first? And, like, we all looked around the tent, and Mike wasn't actually in the tent because he wasn't a part of our group. And one of the other persons in our group goes, let's eat Mike. He's kind of our group now. <laughs> so he didn't know anything about it. So, like, we, the next day we saw him, and we're just talking, like, hey, man, did you eat enough food yesterday? Like, did you get enough water? in you? We want to be sure you're good. <laughs> just, like, poking him a little bit, like, yeah. <laughs> that that's awesome. Yeah, man, what are the chances? That's that's so cool. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I, I don't really know him either, so I just, I know he's posted a bunch of photos and, like, some Live a Great Story hoodies, and we've been trying to talk for a while, and obviously... He's like driving around on a bus and doing some cool like impact work, and so yeah. In Tanzania, Tanzania, sorry, is how you're supposed to say it. Tanzania. He was doing a lot of of impact work. He was going to one or maybe orphanages and, and stuff like that, and handing stuff out, doing some good for sure. He's a really good guy. That's awesome. I'm excited to talk to them. Hey, it's Zach. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode with Jesse. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties and the last part of our conversation was cut off and unable to be recorded. So he shared some really cool uh, insights about travel and tips for other people traveling. But unfortunately, we weren't able to share this on this episode. But Jesse and I have become friends since this was recorded. And I think that down the road, we'll probably revisit a lot of this conversation and see what he's up to in the future. Uh, he was telling me that he is actually headed back to the Grand Canyon for his fifth trip. So a lot of these adventures that he's been going on are definitely continuing 
to happen and looking forward to keeping in touch with Jesse for lots more action in the future. So thank you for tuning in and uh, keep living a great story. Cheers. Cheers.